Today's podcast is brought to you by Faith Versus Fear, Breaking Family Size, now available on Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. You are now listening to Renewed Mind Revolution Podcast with your host, Michelle Cacall. You are now listening to Renewed Mind Revolution Podcast with your host, Michelle Cacall. Please begin to take that good deep breath as we begin to refresh, recharge, and reset. Let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Renewed Mind Revolution Podcast, and I am your host, Michelle Cook-Hall. As always, it is my honor and my pleasure to be able to come on, share some tips and some tools with you that I know will assist you in becoming a better you. Today's a good day, and this message is uniquely designed just for you. How do I know that? Because you tuned in because you clicked listen so I know that there are no mistakes there are no coincidence some things are just staged and set up and you've been set up for success you've been set up for a breakthrough you've been set up for progress so I want to get started today by welcoming you and all those who are listening for the first time welcome 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 Please understand that I'm here only to inspire, empower, and encourage you. I love what I do. It is a blessing for me to share information with you on a weekly basis. Yeah, you can uh, catch most of my information, most of my information from my books, uh, Faith versus Fear and Breaking Family Ties. They are available on Amazon.com as well as Barnes and Noble. I also encourage you to uh, come and follow me and support me on social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I do not want to be before you long, but I just wanted to uh, remind those and, and let those know who are here for the first time what this podcast is about. This podcast is about sharing tips and tools with individuals and reminding them that regardless of wherever you are in your life, you can always start all over again. So this podcast is about second chances, third chances, fourth chances to just understand that we all make mistakes. We all fall short. We all create um, environments that we're not comfortable with, that we're not happy with, that we're not satisfied with. And so because of that, we should all understand that, you know, we're not in this alone. You're not isolated. Your case is not isolated and that you are encouraged to start all over again, that, you know, you have a right to do that. You have a right uh, and the power and the authority to come from out of the place that you are. If you're not happy, if you're not satisfied, if you're not um, feeling like you live in the life that, you know, you were called to do, designed to, it's not your purpose, this is not your destiny, um, then you should, you know, be encouraged on today to not settle, to not tell yourself that I made this bed Therefore, I'm going to lie in it because that's what we tell ourselves and that's what we've been told our entire lives. Now, we do know that the seeds that you sow, you will reap. Don't get me wrong. I agree with that 100% that it's scripture. So it's true. You know, whatever we put out, we will get back. But do you have to stay in a place of just guilt, shame, and defeat? Absolutely not. And so that's what this podcast is about, saying, yes, you made a mistake. But guess what? You can come from that. You know, we're not... 
live in a, a condemnation life. The word tells us that Christ came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. He knew that you would make mistakes. He knew that I would make mistakes, whether they're big or small. He knew that. And so that's why grace is there. Grace is there. So don't get the preacher to come out. I don't want to do that today. <laughs> I don't want to start, you know, going that route. But I just want to encourage somebody today. I feel like they need to hear that. So today we're going to talk specifically about broken promises. Probably we've talked about this before, but I want to talk about it again. Um, and the impact of a broken promise, uh, what that does to the to an individual. This is coming from the information that we're sharing today is specifically coming from Breaking Family Ties. Once again, this book is available at Amazon.com as well as Barnes & Noble. And so if you want to continue on with this type of uh, study, I will encourage you to go and check out this book. So we're talking about broken promises today and, and the effects that it have on a child development as well as prolonging on to adulthood and how it's important to make sure that we understand what's happening to us so what you might be experiencing now as an adult, or what you might be doing to your child or a child that you are in contact with by breaking promises, it's important to understand the effects of it. And these can be short-term and long-term effects, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So when I was child, excuse me, when a child is born into the world, uh, there is an unspoken promise automatically expected. Okay, it's expected from society. And it's expected from the child. Um, as a newborn opens his or her eyes and they look upon the first adult that they're gazing on, there's an expectation from that adult. I, I'm sure you all will agree with me. There's an expectation in the eyes of that child from that adult. He expects someone to care, someone to nurture, someone to feed, Someone to provide his needs until he's able to do what verbalize what those needs are. When he realizes that his only way of communication is not getting him what he needs, he will it will begin to affect him physically and emotionally. Okay, so we know that um, the only way that newborns, I'm a mother and I have three children. So the only way that my babies were able to, you know, get my attention and communicate with me was uh, crying, um, you know, different gestures, hand movements, you know, just different ways of getting my attention, you know, to let me know what their needs were. And it's true from my experience as a mother. I did understand the I'm in pain cry from I'm hungry cry to I'm sleepy cry. There was a difference for me. And I can't speak for all parents. Um, if you're out there and you want to leave me a message to, you know, tell me your experience, please do so. Let me know what your experience was if you found this to be true. But in my case, it definitely was a difference between, you know, a, a cry, you know, that say I'm hungry, a cry that said I'm I'm sleepy. Then there was a cry that said that something's wrong. You know, they're my, my babies in some form of pain or discomfort. Okay, so researchers have, have found babies whose cries are usually ignored 
will not develop healthy intellectual and social skills according to uh, Disorders of Attachment and Infancy, Infant Psychiatry, 1995. Now, growing up, we've heard people say, oh, let them cry, let them cry, you know, it'll build up their uh, lungs, it'll build up their vocal cords, it'll build... crazy stuff, right? Just, we, we've heard this growing up a lot, but I'm telling you that according to uh, disorders of attachment and infancy, infant psychiatry, when a baby cry is ignored, it would develop, um, it would not develop healthy intellectual and social skills. And that kind of makes sense because if this is their only way of communicating to let you know something is wrong and you're not responding, how can they have social skills, right? How can they gather intellectual skills of understanding this is going to get this response. They realize that I'm screaming, I'm hollering, but no one is responding. Okay. Dr. Rowe and colleagues at the National Institutes of Health show that infants with prolonged crying, that's not due to colic, in the first three months of life had an average IQ nine points lower at the age of five. Nine years, excuse me, nine points lower at the age of five. They also showed poor fine motor, motor development, okay? So their skills, their motor skills were poor, okay? And this is all according to Term Cognitive Development in Children with Prolonged Crying, National Institutes of Health Archives of Disease in Childhood. OK, so, you know, when you go to the doctor, they're checking for your your baby's uh, motor skills. You know, they part of the checkup is to see how your child is developing is checking these motor skills. OK, so if 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 you're allowing your child to just go with long, prolonged crying without tending to the needs of their child, it is going to affect them. You know, in the long run, it's what it's telling us, okay? In, way into the long, even when it comes to their motor skills. If we start off life with broken promises, then we most likely will expect nothing but empty broken promises. So it's as if we're setting up our children to expect failure, to expect broken promises to expect no one to be there to to not have a functioning uh, a, a functioning support system okay that's what we're doing we're setting them up to not expect a positive and an encouraging support system it's nothing uh worse than being promised something as a child and not only break the promise, but be nonchalant about it, okay? We've seen, I've seen that, you know, where someone has promised, you know, a kid something, and then don't do it, and then the kid is, like, really excited and expecting it, as, as they should, and watch the adult kind of blow them off, because it's not important to the adult, Right? But what's not important to the adult is like the primary thing for the child because it's thinking as a child, you know. And so the adult is thinking about bills. The adult is thinking about 
you know, responsibilities and work and all these things and not paying attention to what that priority is for the child. Okay. Kids are so innocent. Okay. And in their mind, they're so innocent. You are truly innocent until you prove yourself uh, to be, to be guilty. They learn really quickly who they can trust and who they cannot trust. So a kid is going to give you the benefit of the doubt. If you say it, they're going to believe it. They're going to trust you for it. They're going to wait for it. They're going to have an expectancy for it. But when they realize that you're not reliable, they are quick to turn you off. They're quick to, you know, realize who they can trust and who they cannot trust. Pay attention. Pay attention in the households. Are you that parent that your child is saying, you know, I'm not going to ask them? Not because, you know, they're strict. No, because they're not reliable. They're not dependable. Which parent are you? Are you doing that? Are you promising your kids things and promising people around you things and not following through with it to the point where they're just not going to ask you because you're not, you know, going to be a, a man or woman of your word? You know, do, does your word have credibility? Does your character have credibility? So children are quick to give you you know, the benefit of the doubt. They're quick to say you're innocent, but once you prove yourself guilty to a child, they will turn you off and they will realize really quickly, I can't trust you. Even then, they want to believe you, right? They try to extend their hand of trust and try to give you the benefit of the doubt. But, uh, you know, once they realize they cannot, they will move on. Now, I remember from personal experience speaking with a young child, who was dealing with stress because of their parents' behavior. And I in, in, and innocently, um, she said to me, I'm only a kid. I shouldn't have to deal with this, any of this. She was, uh, she, she was right, you know. And my heart went out to her. She was being forced to deal with something that was unorthodox for someone her age. This was not the norm for a child. And she was wise enough to not only understand that, but she was able to verbalize it. She realized, hey, look, I've only been here for a little time. And what I'm dealing with is something that I shouldn't have to deal with. You know, and this was regarding trusting. This was a trust issue, right? And she realized that this is something that I should not have to deal with. We even make promises to ourselves. And when we don't see it come to pass, we begin to question and evaluate our lives. I remember um, in my own youth, I had these plans for myself and my future. And when I turned 30, I remember reevaluating my life and wondering what happened to the little girl who had said, you know, this would never happen to me. You know, well, at 30 years old, I realized that not only did it happen to me, but I had become complacent in it. I had allowed life moments, and we talked about this a lot on a Renewed Mind Revolution podcast, life's moments to catch up with me, to get me in a place of stagnation. And, you know, 30 years ago, 30 years old was a while ago for me without me telling my age, but it was a little while ago for me. But that was a very pivotal moment in my life, okay? I began to, you know, think about how did I get here? And I remember that telling myself, well, I became very complacent. 
there was a sudden rush that came over me to prove to myself that I was still young, um, a young girl filled with spirit and passion. Throughout my entire life, I always heard adults say that they had all these wonderful dreams, but they had to put them on hold because of life's moments. And not only did they put it on hold, but they completely dropped their dreams altogether. And that, that for me, was absolutely terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. It's It frightened me to hear adults reminisce about what they could have been or had, but failed to fulfill. And then look at their life and see um, this pattern of not completing assignments. And so for me, I didn't want to do that. At the age of 30, I looked at my life, realized that I had failed uh, into this trap of complacentness, to this trap of life moments taking over. And it can happen. You know, it can happen to anybody. This is something that I heard quite often growing up. Oh, wow, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have gone there. And I've heard people much older in life, you know, say they have life full of regrets. You have this one life to live. And do you want to have this life full of regret that you didn't try, that you didn't put forth an effort, that you didn't even, you know, attempt you know, you became caught up in autopilot. You became caught up in life's moments that you missed opportunities after opportunities after opportunities to fulfill your, your own dreams. You, you helped other people see theirs. And not only did you help them see it, but you encouraged them, you supported them, you loved on them, but you have not done your own. At a certain time in your life, you wonder if you have the same passion, drive, or faith to fulfill your dream. After all, you promised yourself in your youth that you would not become what you had seen your entire life, a broken promise. See, we're not just talking about promises to other people, to children, but we're talking about promises to ourselves. Promises to yourself. I know of people who decided to go to college at 60. I know about people who went to high school and, I mean, you know, went and got their high school diploma at the age of 60, at the age of 50. I know people who decide to start a, a, a major career change in their 40s. It's never too late. It's never too late. The only regret that you should have is not doing it big enough, but not the fact that you didn't even try. Not the fact that you didn't even attempt, not the fact that you didn't put forth any effort, but the fact that maybe you just didn't do it big enough. You know, that can happen to any of us. Any of us can say, man, I did it, but I wish I'd have did it bigger. I wish I'd have did it bigger. I wish I'd have covered more area, more territory, you know, but not that you didn't do it. I knew the importance of a promise keeper early in my life. Let me tell you how I knew each night as my father would leave for work, he would work at nights. He was a police officer for a state university. And I would ask him to bring me something home. If my father said that he would, believe me, it was like Christmas the next day. 
I waited with excitement until the next morning. And each time I would jump off my bunk bed, run into that living room, and there it was, my special gift waiting for me on the dining room table. The gifts were awesome, but the fact that I could count on him to do what he said was the true gift. And this is a fact. It wasn't like he gave me extravagant gifts. No, it was the fact that I asked him, he said he would, and he did it. And he did it. And I could count on him for that. Those who have repeatedly suffered from broken promises from family and friends create open wounds and doors for rejection and often suffer with trust issues. The spirit of rejection is worn like a coat covering the shoulders, the back, and all sides. They experience the feeling of not being received or accepted. A person who has the spirit of rejection will cut off any opportunity in advance just to avoid avoid that expected rejection. Have you ever heard of people just, you know, having an opportunity, but I call it self-sabotage, and you wonder why they're just constantly self-sabotaging their life? Well, it's possible that they have experienced many broken promises and now they are carrying the covering of rejection covering carrying the spirit of rejection they pad themselves with statements like i didn't want it anyway i wasn't ready for it anyway i don't care anyway okay these are just defense mechanisms and defense statements used to cope with rejection the spirit of rejection is coupled with bitterness Oh my God, tell me this is not true. Come on. Have you met these people? I've met people like that. You might have experienced it yourself. When something didn't work out, you wasn't as, I mean, you wanted it, but you wasn't speaking life to it. You was just, you know, well, maybe if it will, maybe it won't. Then it don't happen and you're bitter. You're mad, you're angry, you're frustrated, right? And then this is when those statements come out of, I didn't want it anyway. You know, I didn't think that was going to happen anyway. Often you will see a rejected individual always scoping and expecting things to go wrong. They rarely cheer for someone else because that only makes them feel worse about their own situation. These feelings are not intentional all the time, okay? But they have been fed and nurtured to this individual. A broken promise creates a lack of trust and enhances unpredictable feelings. Promises must be kept in order to build trust, comfort, stability, and security. And that's what not only children need, but adults need, right? When you're in a relationship, one of the, besides finances, I think one of the, the most um, cruel and awful and, and, and conversational pieces in a relationship would be trust. Right? If you can't trust the person that you're with, then you're doomed. Your relationship is doomed, right? So it's finances and then it's trust. It's trust because trust is gonna give you the comfort, the stability, and the security. And so if you if you're constantly receiving broken promises, even from your partner, then you're not gonna have these things. You're not gonna have the comfort, you're not gonna have the stability, you're not gonna have the security with that person, and that's gonna create unbalance. Um, my word is bond. 
is a is a phrase that definitely was used back in my day to express dependability of someone's words. If someone told you something and they want you to believe what they were saying to be a fact, they would say, "My word is bond. Like, if I promise you this, this is this is this is like bonded. It's like glued together. It's like stuck together. My word, right? It's bonded." This simply means I will always do what I promise to do. And we have heard of the children's story about the little shepherd boy who would cry wolf, right? He consistently lied about a wolf attacking lambs, warning and crying out for the villagers to help. After playing this trick several times, when a wolf actually did show up, no one would respond or listen. And the little boy, this little shepherd boy, lost all of his lambs. Now, the little shepherd boy, credibility had been tarnished. He was not what reliable because of his character being flawed. He lost what he was supposed to protect. He lost, see, your character. Come on, somebody. Your character is something that you're supposed to protect. How do you, how do you, how do you tarnish your character? It's lying. It's not keeping your word. It's breaking promises. Then you're not reliable. Then you're not dependable. Then your character becomes flawed. Although broken promises are often minimized and overlooked, the impact can definitely shape your life and those around you. Understand how broken promises have affected your life. Forgive those who have hurt you by not following through with the promise because we don't want to hold on to pain. We talk about this a lot. We don't want to hold on to grudges. We don't want to hold on to hurt. You know, we don't want to be chained up. I did a whole podcast on that. Chained up to our past. Chained up to our pain. We don't want to be chained up to our pain. Right? So it's important for us to forgive those who have hurt us and not follow through with their promises. Their intentions were not necessarily to hurt you or portray you or your trust. A lot of times they're dealing with their own issues, right? So you have to release yourself from the spirit of rejection. It will continue to cover you and navigate your emotions unless you release it. Forgiveness is a decision to let go of resentment and thoughts of revenge. Forgiveness can lead to feelings of understanding, empathy, and compassion for the one who has hurt you. Oh, that's a hard thing to do sometimes, but it's true. You begin to see them different. You begin to see them in their own pain, in their own issues, and their own flaws. And the fact that hurt people hurt people. <laughs> We've heard that before, right? But it's true. Hurt people hurt people. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you deny the other person's responsibility for hurting you. And it doesn't minimize or justify the wrong that they did to you. You can forgive the person without, um, you know, excusing the act that they did. Forgiveness brings a kind of peace that help you go on with your life. According to Mayo Clinic newsletter, uh, forgiveness can lead to healthier relationships, greater spiritual and psychological well-being, less anxiety, less stress, less hostility, it lowers blood pressure, uh, fewer symptoms of depression, a stronger immune system, improved health, heart health, and higher self-esteem. Do you hear what I'm saying? How powerful is that? Just by forgiving? You're telling me uh, not only does, does, does the, the word tells me 
the benefits, but you're telling me that once again, this is the moment where the word and science meet? You're telling me this, this does something to me, even according to the Mayo Clinic? Yes. This podcast, to me, is awesome because I often bring in um, information that shows that the word of God is true. The word of God and science often meets. And they agree on so many things. And so, you know, the word tells us about unforgiveness and the damage that, you know, unforgiving, unforgiveness does to us. And so science agrees. Okay, science agrees. And the Bible tells us what the benefits are to forgiving and letting things go, right? And science agrees. So how awesome is that? Now, not often do I have you to repeat something positive or something, just any type of, uh, of you know, saying or statement. But sometimes I do because they are they are in my books. Uh, you know, words of empowerment, words of encouragement, decrees that I often have people say. Okay, so this is a, this is a decree that I want you to. Repeat after me, and you can always go back and listen to it over and over again from this podcast. Write it down, record it, do whatever you need to do. But if you are experiencing pain, uh, if you're experiencing, you know, the residue of broken promises, you know that this is something that is relatable to you or someone that you know, someone that you care about, someone that you love, and you don't want to see them in this type of awful, ridiculous cycle, then I want you to participate in this by listening to it, sharing it, you know, writing it down, whatever you need to do, posting it up on your wall and telling yourself to say this as many times as you need to say it until it becomes a part of your life, until you you feel the change, until you see the change in your life. That's what's important about You know, when we declare and decree things, we say it once and then we think that's it. No, sometimes it just takes a repetitiveness. You know, once again, what we put to practice, we will perfect. So we've been perfecting the wrong things. And so we need to perfect positive things, good things, um, encouraging and empowering things. So I want you to repeat this for me. This is a release from the hold of broken promises. Here we go. Repeat after me. I have been hurt and scorned from broken promises. But I am no longer bound by that hurt. I forgive those who have disappointed me and have pushed me into the place that I have found myself in. I forgive myself for any and all missed assignments. I am free to be happy, loved, and empowered. I'm not under any curses that might have been brought on by open doors created from brokenness. I resist the spirit of rejection, bitterness, and doubt. Greater things are coming to me, and I'm anticipating 
the flow of positivity in abundance. I'm free to receive all of the great things that are in store for me. I will complete my assignments and fulfill my purpose. Freedom is mine. Listen, y'all. I hope you heard that. Go back and listen. If I went too fast, I try to slow it down. If I went too fast for you, please go back, take a listen, record it, share it, do whatever you need to do. But get that into your spirit. And I, you know, certain certain times in my life, I have literally, you know, written down something um, that I need to to reaffirm to myself, to remind myself, to encourage myself. Um, and so whatever it takes for you to do, then you need to do it. Do it. I'm so proud of you guys. I'm so proud of you uh, taking the time to listen to something that will help you to, you know, get to the place that you need to be. Sometimes it just takes that one little step. And today is your step. And I'm proud of you. Thank you so much for listening to Renew My Revolution podcast. And I am your host, Michelle Cook Hall. And it has been my honor and my pleasure. Please remember that I love you, but most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, God loves you more. God bless you guys. Have an outstanding day.